1: and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're reviewing the 25th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This was written by Dave Callahan, Andrew Laneham, and Destin Daniel Cretton, and Destin himself directed this film. So, before we get into our review, here is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. There it was. There it is. So, Taylor, Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings. This was a a film that a lot of people were excited to see because it was going to be not only a new hero for us to get to uh, see in the MCU, this is the first true film that is phase four that continues post the events of Endgame. We've had a few TV shows that have done that. uh, But Black Widow, of course, was an in between cool, as you uh, coined that term. But Shang-Chi, this would be the the 25th film here in the MCU. Impressive, I think this is now the 25th film. And we had in Iron Man 3, we had the the ultimate cocktease of what was, we thought, the Mandarin. When in fact, really, it was an actor playing the Mandarin. And knowing that one day we would get the true Mandarin. So this is also a film that gets us to kind of have a a do-over with that villain in a much more satisfying way. So, Taylor, what is a brief
0: synopsis of Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings? Well, Shang-Chi, the title character Shang-Chi, we follow his character as he's forced to confront his past after he's drawn into uh, his father, Wu, uh, Ten Rings organization. It is, I would say, um, you know, a man going back to kind of put the pieces back of his fractured family. It's a family drama uh, as he has to you know, face this past that he never wanted to be a part of and he had left behind. Um, you know, it's, it's funny you talk about Iron Man and, and although yes, there's a lot of, um, a lot of references and a lot of influence, you know, in, in parts of Iron Man three, uh, a lot of uh, Iron Man from the beginning had, you know, ties yeah, to this film. Rings, yeah. The, the 10 rings itself was this organization. And, you know for the for the really nerdy of the comics uh, the mandarin or the character with the ten rings was definitely was probably iron man's biggest like arch enemy you know all these supers have an arch enemy and um like you said uh we had this version of mandarin that was kind of like poking fun but kind of you know giving a modern take like oh this is not the mandarin this is kind of figurehead so the really the mandarin is whoever you want it to be so this film kind of retroactively kind of um self-corrects it, but in a way that doesn't diminish the power of this film. Um, which I think is great. And huge stakes for the MCU in the future. Uh this film, you know, right off the bat, just a lot of great, you know, action, great pacing, you know, over a two hour film, I was really, you know, not really sure what I was getting into. As both uh, Chris and I have said, you know, through the beginning of this podcast, we're huge MCU fans. I think we like both DC and and Marvel, but yeah, you know, I like both. We'll, yeah, de- but definitely, we have been excited Marvel, you know, more so since the start of the MCU. And of all the characters that you know, I I've come to love, I never, you know, really heard about Shang Chi. That was never like in my radar, and I think, and that's, and that's okay. I think the, the biggest thing is you've got to like Iron Man and Captain America. These are all where, but also, you know, being a Caucasian, you know, this is not, um, this is not my wheelhouse. And I think this, this film, um, is a huge audience of Asian and Asian American culture. I think that was really the, the exciting thing about this, this film. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised to really be excited about this character and what, um, Simu Lee, uh, Leo did for this role. I think he just did an amazing job uh, for this film. You know, right off the bat, what what a cast! What a cast in this film.
1: Yeah, he he was uh, perfectly cast for this role. He's uh, he's got a, a great charm to him. He's very down to earth, and this is a a unique character in that you know we're coming off the events of Endgame where we had all these heroes, many of which have you know godlike powers or you know crazy weapons and all this stuff and just think of that huge battle sequence that was the end of end game and this really brings it back to more of a grounded hand-to-hand combat which we actually haven't seen a lot of in the mcu obviously there has been times but a lot of them have been always you know weapons or guns or you know whatever to say so this looks really exciting because it was going to be more hand-to-hand combat that kung fu style and simu as shang is awesome he's funny he again has that charm he's down to earth but he like the fight scenes are the star of this film they were so exciting and like very fast paced and intense and i think that's something that's fresh for the mcu that they haven't had in a while um because you know you're looking at people like like spider-man who can fly around you have thor with his lightning doctor strange has all these powers There's not really someone that's really like their main thing is hand to hand combat like that. I mean, we've had Black Widow do some stuff like that, you know, but and cap every now and then with his shield. But uh, really just to see this character and then you balance that with Tony Leung, who is playing Wenwu here, the true Mandarin as his father, Uh, a fantastic villain for this film because you you do get to see the side of him that is like that's the th- reason to be scared of him you know especially they they took they took the concept of the 10 rings that the mandarin uses although yes in the comics it's more of they control the elements and they're more closer to like infinity stones if you will in this they they did a very accurate thing that i've seen in other like kung fu movies and i'm sure it's an actual fighting you know form of these rings that go on your wrist and I've seen kung Fu movies where they actually you know they they're made of brass or whatever it is and they actually can use them to fight so I liked that they took the concept of the ten rings and made them these like rings that go on the wrist and the powers that they use and when he uses them they are very threatening they're um, you know they kind of reminded me a little bit of like almost vibranium in a way with you know kind of these purple blue lights and um, very strong and very threatening but the this, like you said, is a very much a family drama. So we're doing a lot of this, like, that. those creepy, you know, you see in movies where, like, you kind of like the father figure, even though he's been, uh, you know, he's been alive for way too long. And he has murdered people. And he basically made his his two kids into, like, assassins. You know, it's like that dark, like, he he has this vision of what the world's supposed to be. He's clouded by his own judgment. And... I thought Tony was like fantastic in that role. And it was just so good to see like a villain that you really, I didn't feel like I walked away from this film and was like, Oh, I forgot about the villain, which is most of the time the case for the MCU.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a huge presence in this film and especially these, these scenes. And, and I was really, I really got into watching some of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, and, you know, Tony Lang is, um, you know, huge, huge actor. In Hong Kong and, and Hong Kong yeah, especially if, and, and for for Asian uh, cinemas so this is this is you know Asian Hollywood uh, you know legendary status royalty yeah yeah, exactly so I think yeah he played some really great scenes where there's this intensity about him they talked about his eye acting That sounded kind of funny but he really does have these moments where he just like he shows such range of motion not even say anything it's just all in the eyes all in the face and um him playing against um Simu Lee as a as Shang-Chi as a son and uh uh you know his daughter, uh you know uh Shu Uh I there was just these great, great uh you know scenes together, and I think they had a really good balance of showing the present and a good mix of the flashback stuff where I think it's a challenge in any kind of film, in an origin story, you gotta pack so much into it, they did a good amount without overdoing it, and there was a lot of stuff that they would show you scenes, this one didn't, which I like that there was a lot of stuff, like especially where, you know, he had to, um prove his worth, where they always do like very similar to kind of like Batman, where he had to kind of learn from the League of Assassins, like you must kill this man to to show your loyalty or fealty. Same with uh, Shang-Chi's character and the, you know, hint about stuff They kind of uh, bounce around it. And there's the layers are peeled back like an onion uh, throughout this film, which it's very satisfying, the pacing of it happening. So you're like, there's some dark stuff. There's some dark you know, shit that happened, uh, for these characters. So it's like, whoa, that they're getting into, you know, and so this character, this, you know, superhero, you know, he's not some, he is, like you said, very down to earth and unassuming at times. And he has this, this, this compass, this moral compass, but it's not, um, so, uh, cut and dry. It's no black and white. There's a, there's a lot of the gray area. And so I thought that was really great. Um, now a big thing they were talking about, We gotta talk about this, of course, that, you know, there has been Asian American or Asian representation, some superheroes, you know, with and of course we have him in this film with like Benedict Wong's character Wong, which is great. Um, but this one, the big appeal about this one and the big excitement and trepidation, I think, at the same time, was that this is the first Marvel Studios film with an Asian director and a predominantly Asian cast. So it could have gone either way with this film. And I think I think they you know from my perspective and what i you know just for me alone i thought they did a really good job representing that and, it, and some like very subtle things you know just the the fam the familial relations you know just you know respect of you know praying to their ancestors and even like simple thing of like the respect of the grandparents or taking off the shoes entering the house things like that and um also legacy you know, talk about, you know, the difference between his legacy with his father of this, you know, not necessarily it's been blown up over the years but this organization is, you know, a lot of evil intentions and a little bit moral gray area, but also just like his and I, I and Aquafina, which she's hilarious that in, a, in a fun way. She does bring the co- comedic element, which I love seeing her and some of these big action films as of late. But I think there's a really good uh, contrast of showing her you know, of her legacy of what her family expects of her, and then the contrast of his. So I thought that was really, really well done. Um, and you you see that as they kind of the parallels uh, throughout the film to the very end, which is it just it just really great,
1: yeah, I feel this film will heavily be compared to Black Panther for what it's doing representation wise uh, because um it definitely has a great mix of more of the, you know, down to earth you know san francisco simple um to the grandiose when they go to places like macau and then they get to uh really the more fantasy uh part of the second half of the film and so i think it's a lot to compact because it really is it's a character that a lot of people don't know and you know this is a character that he doesn't have superpowers he's just very very good at these different fighting styles, that's what he's been trained to do. So obviously, with the ten rings, um, as the film concludes, like he will now have more impressive power. But there's a lot to to try to like open up in so many ways. So I feel like for having that challenge with a character that is new, um, a villain that we kind of can like remember, and it's like you know, a, like a read a retake, a redo, and. You know, overall, uh, a, a story that's pretty easy to follow. I think it was overall done really well. I think, though, there was some choices that did not work for the film based on how the film started. Like I said, the action in this film is, like, fantastic. These, like, fight scenes. And clearly, you can tell from the trailers, and for those of you who have seen it and listened to our spoiler review, uh, that first fight scene on the bus with, like, Razor Fist was like so awesome and like so fast paced. I think that was the thing I was so impressed with was the speed, the fight scenes are, you know, it's not like some, some of it does get to slow-mo which is always kind of cool, but like a lot of great choreography. And then you get to the fight sequence out on the like bamboo beams outside of that giant uh, skyscraper in Macau. A lot of that, the choreography was like intense and awesome. Once they kind of get caught, captured by the Mandarin and they start to go to like the fantasy, you know, kind of going into the forest, the jungle, and then they go to this mystical place. There was still moments of the fighting, but a lot of it becomes over the top once they have, you know, the whole idea of this sacred village and they have all this dragon scale and then getting to this, this dragon being unleashed and that the Mandarin Wenwu's trying to break down this giant barrier that he's like, Bat squids are coming out. It, it got to a point where I was like, I get why they went this way because of like myths and legends, that is a big part of Asian cultures. But I feel like they could have just easily had it where it was like the Mandarin was having like a tournament, you know, like enter the dragon style, and in the end, Shang Chi was gonna fight his father to like claim the title. You know, I feel like they're. There, there was a really cool fight scene the two of them fighting with the rings was really really cool and like i really loved that and even i love that fight scene it was small but that fight scene where when had the rings and sean she had the the like kind of like bow staff with like the dragon scale i like that but i think the whole big ending with like the dragon and this giant beast flying in the sky it kind of overshadowed what made the movie so impressive in the beginning was, was these close up fight scenes. And I wanted more of that for the ending. I feel like they went to like, we got to do the big blockbuster ending because everyone's expecting it. And I feel like it kind of overshadowed what could have been a little more of an impressive ending for that.
0: Well, and also on another note, um, I'm going to agree with you and I'm going to raise you another point is I think it did take away from the father son relationship. And I think, yeah. and I think, it would have been more satisfying having that, you know, them having another like really, you know, close, you know, combat fight. And again, comparison, we're talking about, you brought up Black Panther. Think about how um, the sins of the father, this is a theme that we talk about a lot. You know, there's that, you know, with with uh, T'Challa and Killmonger, they have that it, It's very intense and it's, but it's it's visceral and it's this this, both their fathers had fought and killed each other and it's kind of symbolic that they would kill each other even though he didn't want that and you both have two very sympathetic villains so i think that i've been i think if you took a little bit less of the mystical of that because again we want to ground this film a little bit more because i feel like you know where dr strange is where the dweller of darkness in this film which is basically kind of like a morag kind of like a, a demon dragon thing that is actually in the comics i did a little research nerd they uh they that is actually a foe that Doctor Strange fights, and I do see the connections. Oh. We do have long, you know. There's a lot of connection with Doctor Strange, which he's getting, you know his he's getting his finger in all kinds of different MCU. Pods. Well, we're we're excited because we know he's
1: going to be uh the the big savior for a lot of what's going. He's gonna on.
0: He's going to be kind of what Iron Man was to the yeah. You
1: know. It felt like they were setting up certain things in the film, even the trailers, like just you know for you know the whole sequence in Macau of the fighting ring, um that moment that was teased in the trailer of Wong versus Abomination was all of three seconds in the movie. It was so quick. And I was like, what a tease for no reason. Um, You know, if that would have paid off, like it it could have been like, Oh, if Abomination had beat Wong and then Shang-Chi had to fight Abomination. It just felt like they were there to serve no purpose till we got to the end with our, you know, post-credit scenes. And so I was left with this film being like, a lot of it was a great setup. It's visually very cool. There's a, you know a great color palette to this film. Um, and the fantasy element is is fun to watch. It makes me excited to see where they can go with this character now that he has these rings and how he can use them for good. And Aquafina being a character that, yes, she was like the one we followed in terms of like she was like our audience viewpoint of like the funny like, you're a superhero, like what the heck and going along with it and how she became brave and like found her own way to like help with the whole battle. Um, And yeah, like having like, you know, he didn't want to kill his father in the end. He didn't technically kill his father. He had to like let go of his father and his sister being in the shadow the whole time. And now she's going to take over the family business and wants to continue the 10 rings. So I think the film, like as a whole, it's definitely entertaining uh, by no means, I left being like that was crap. I enjoyed a lot of it, and the fight scenes are truly the standout. With the acting of Shang Chi and his father Wen Wu, and I'm excited to see where they're going to go. That post-credit scene of Shang Chi and um, Katie, and they, you know, they're seeing holograms of uh, Bruce Banner who is back in human form, so with his cast from Endgame, which was interesting. And then the one that made me kind of take a second because I was like, I was like uh did captain marvel didn't she have short hair in endgame
0: she can't so how did her hair grow so fast she's, she's she just changing, her hair
1: so. changes left and right but obviously they're setting up a little bit with um eternals coming up and going into the multiverse so i think there's a lot of exciting things to come up for this character and him this is being his first outing uh a lot of fun it just means that he's going to grow to be even bigger and better and i can't wait to see that like I came to see his character interact with like the other surviving Avengers. And as the team grows, you know, from like future movies, like he's going to like to think that this is his first film. The next 10 years of seeing Simu in this role is going to be like epic, especially now that he has those rings and just to see what he can do with them, I think will be really, really cool. Sonic the Hedgehog was jealous this whole time. Oh, exactly. That's all.
0: All I wanted to see is him pop out with a little, uh, little uh <laughs> ring is like and, and it's not long it's sonic uh and also talk about the the other um uh, in the post credit scene where we see his sister has taken on the mantle of the head of the ten rings so is she going to use you know her father's organization for good or you know take you know in a different direction so is there going to be a face-up between sister and brother because they had you know their their strife and their kind of fight and the conflict and at the very end they kind of like you know, we're good, but maybe not. So that was, that was really, you know, great. And I got to give, again, go back to what Iron Man three, you know, set up with Trevor Slatterly's character, Ben Kingsley. We have to, we have to, we, we had to talk about that. First of all, so great and very satisfying. Ben Kingsley in this role has just been perfect. Of course, this was teased and the Marvel's uh, one shots, which were great. And I wish he did more of those of him, like kind of his post fame as the man, uh, the Mandarin, uh, this role of a lifetime, and then there's like, oh, the real man wants to talk to you, and it's the commentary about that, which is kind of really great, how he's kind of just, kind of this goofy character, which it didn't really take away from the film, I really, I really enjoyed his, this, because it was like, you know, we're still acknowledging that, but I totally agree about the abomination thing, I, I'm kind of like, you know, I wish they didn't have in the trailer, I wish there was more of it, although I do know that Tim Roth did record some lines for that, so this is setting up you know, what um, She-Hulk in the TV series possibly is going to happen, which will be good. And again, um, I was, you know, loved having Wong in this uh, for the little bit parts that he was in, which was very, very exciting. So, but yeah, I, I completely agree. Great action. I, I think a little bit over the top of some of the fantasy sounds that could have toned back a little bit, but um, great casting all around. I was very happy with all the choices that were made, uh, both for our main character and a lot of the supporting uh, characters here and uh, Razor Fist. Uh, I want to see more of that guy because uh, uh, that was pretty, uh pretty horrific. I'm like, this guy has a machete, just chapter her in half. So that was just great.
1: Yeah, it's overall uh, a strong addition, a great way to to launch the true phase four in terms of our films. That are to continue and excited to see where they're going to go with this character. So uh, a fun time seeing Shang Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings. In theaters and that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Potential Podcast
0: or on Twitter at the Potential Pod. Or you can email us, send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions and more through our email, the Potential Podcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris doer and I'm your host
1: Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum.
0: And remember, know, know your, your potential.
1: potential.